Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is when it starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're still in the book of Philemon. Today it's Philemon verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, in this New Testament postcard, we're going to see that forgiveness has its reasons. You know, it's interesting that this postcard epistle dealing with forgiveness never actually uses the word forgiveness. It seems as if Paul is assuming that Philemon already knows God's mind on forgiveness. Paul's letter to the Colossians, in which he dealt with forgiveness in a much more detailed way, would have been passed around to all the like-minded house churches meeting in that area. Paul had reminded the church families, including the one that met in Philemon's home, that when they put their trust in Christ, God forgave all their trespasses and sins. This is in Colossians 2.13. God dealt with all their sin on the cross of Christ. That's Colossians 2.14. God encouraged them to be merciful, kind, humble, meek, and patient. Colossians 3.12. And God reminded them that when there was strife among themselves, even as Christ forgave, so you also must do. That's chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I'd rather appeal to you. Being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. Okay, why should we forgive others who have sinned against us? Well, it is clearly God's will. And it is clearly written in God's word, God's will and God's word. I know we all have numerous Bibles in our homes, computer Bible programs, and dozens of Christian life books that are at our disposal, but there are still too many of us who do not understand the importance and why God commands us to forgive others. Why should we forgive? Number one, we are to forgive others because God has forgiven us and given us an example to follow. Therefore, As Christians, the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone is a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. That's Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Those who refuse to forgive are putting themselves above God. How many times have you asked God for forgiveness? How many times has he forgiven you? Wouldn't it be great if we had the same patience, forgiving hearts, and love for others that God has for us? Okay, number two, forgiveness is not unconditional. If we don't forgive, God will not forgive us. Seriously, Matthew 6 says, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This passage is not dealing with salvation, but with believers who refuse to forgive those who have hurt them in some way. They destroy any possibility of a close relationship with God by choosing to keep the kind of bitter, vengeful spirit that would enable them to make those who sinned against them hurt as much as they were hurt. Now, number three, when we refuse to forgive and attempt to retaliate, we are putting ourselves above God's authority. 
If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Uh, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That's in Romans 12. If you seek revenge against someone who has sinned against you, you're allowing your anger and wrath to push God out of his rightful place in your life and in the life of those who have offended you. Is there anything or anyone in your life that you need to let go, give to God, and let him handle in his own way and time? Probably. Well, Paul had both the authority to give commands and the position to make demands, but still chose to ask. Why? Paul wanted Philemon to respond to his request in the same way that God wants us to respond to his requests. Some obey God out of devotion because they want to, and others out of duty. Some serve God because, again, they want to, and others because they have to. By the way, what motivates you to obey God? It would be good for us to ask ourselves why we do what we do. Do I serve out of duty or devotion? Do I obey because I have to or because I want to? What motivates my heart to make the choices I make? Do I have to be begged to obey my authorities? Do I have to be asked multiple times before I do what is right? Does God have to beg me to spend time with them? How many times do I read a command in Scripture before I start to obey it? You see, Paul's appealing not only to Philemon's love for God, but also to Philemon's love for him. Here's an old man under house arrest just because he's preaching that Jesus Christ is God. If he was willing to suffer imprisonment for his Lord, could not Philemon suffer a little frustration with his immature and rebellious slave? Comparisons can be dangerous, but when we start hosting our own pity parties, we might benefit from looking at other believers who have it much worse than we have ever had. We all have something to be thankful for if we just look hard enough. Finally, by the middle of his note to Philemon, Paul gets to the point and makes his request. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. Here's the first mention of the name Onesimus. This runaway slave was probably nervously standing right in front of Philemon as he read this note from Paul. Because of his recent conversion under the influence of Paul, he was obviously willing to accept whatever consequences that would come from the lips of his master Philemon. He knew what he deserved. He had stolen from his master and ran away to the big city to hide. Now, a believer in Christ, I am sure he was trusting that Philemon's mercy and forgiveness would prevail. You know, this is a great picture of what it was like when you and I were overwhelmed with our sinfulness and by faith stood before Christ asking for forgiveness and salvation. As sinners, we deserve eternal separation from God. God's a holy God, totally separate from sin. We need our sins separated from us. As we stood before Jesus, the Son of God, we realized that he was the only one who could ever forgive us. Yet he knew every rebellious thought and every wicked act that you and I have ever done. His undeserved grace enables us to stand before him now with the confidence that we are forgiven, although our hearts are often overwhelmed with regrets over years of selfishness. I have to wonder what was one of the first things that crossed through Philemon's mind when he saw Onesimus walk through his door. It could have been 
Paul's simple reminder in his previous letter to the entire Colossian church masters, give your servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Okay, as we've seen today, forgiveness has its reasons. Forgive because you want to and not because you have to, and forgive others because God has forgiven you. Oh, we don't deserve it, but God's forgiveness is so wonderful. I hope we can learn from him and follow his example. Hey, I'm sorry, but our time's up for today, but I hope you have a good day, a really good day, really have a good day.